the VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 658, recorded on August 2nd, 658th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 491st episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Derrick. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry and no game no flashback. flashback. No. Um, so I'm going to tell you what I've been playing. I've been playing Fallout 4 because um, I took advantage of the sale and I got the uh, Game of the Year edition, which includes all the DLC. So um, I could have started with my old game, but I, I found out going to Far Harbor, even then my uh, characters were too underleveled. So I'm just starting it from, from scratch and starting from the very beginning. So I'm just, just enjoying all the DLC as it comes. That sounds fun. Yeah, I never got into – I never actually made it to the DLCs in, in Fallout 4, and it's kind of what I, – I don't have the time, time to – play that big of a game right now but uh especially like I've, I've had another game that i've play, been playing and i'll get there eventually but the but the dlc for fallout games is always so cool i've also been playing a lot of uh power washer too um i have the next to best uh the uh, uh washer it's not the pro one it's the one that's just underneath the pro um and I found out in order to get the final attachment for the 3000, you have to do the mayor's house, which appears at 95 stars. And I'm at 94 stars. I'm still in the middle of washing the helicopter. Should be done quickly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, it's one of those work games like I was playing Hard Space Shipbreaker and before that Viscera cleanup detail. Um, yeah, it's one of those games in which it's just the one of those job games. I'm going to tell you something. I am looking at uh, Euro Truck Driver. And I might get that too. Huh. Yeah, I like Power Off Simulator a lot. It's a very good and relaxing game up until the point where you get to ninety nine percent and you have a speck of dust somewhere. That yeah. <laughs> and even if you make the the part where it glows, here's the thing: if if the if the thing is yellow or white, it's like, oh well, guess what? Try and find that glowing on there because it's going to be the same color. Uh-huh. Yeah, it always becomes a pixel hunt at, uh, at the at, at the end. Although in the in the latest things in which it goes to a percentage, so it's sort of like you don't. It's like oh, you got ninety nine percent of it, even though it's like you can see the patches over there. Yeah, you still got it. It's all clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on the helicopter, there's some places that are hard to reach, and it's like it's almost it's like oh damn it, I need to get the little scraps of of of, of dust. I still haven't played it co op either yet, which is which I can already tell is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, you know, I'm just uh, waiting for the big releases. I mean, um, Saints Row is going to be released this month. Um, uh, uh, two point, uh, two point college? Did it, are they calling it two point college? Two point campus. Two point campus. Yeah, that's coming out this month as well. So those are two titles I'm looking forward to. Uh, one of which is actually going to be on Game Pass. Two point campus. The other thing is that um, I pre-downloaded Scorn. 
So as soon as Scorn is ready, which is going to be in September, I believe, I'll be getting ready to play the HR Giger first-person shooter. So how about you, Scott? What have you been playing? On your mic, Scott. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, Jonah. What have you been playing? I've been playing a uh, beta of the game uh, Sacrifier that I think is going to be coming out next year, and it's a uh, it's a RPG. Yeah, it's a RPG. Uh, it's turn based, and it has like a grid battle where not grid. You can freely move around. And you are basically, um, this, the city is underground and it's, uh, it's besieged by demons and you're this part of this holy order that uh, keeps the demons at bay, basically. And, um, it's kind of, it's kind of takes after Vandal Hearts. I'm not Vandal Hearts, um, Valkyrie Profile and Xenogears where you do different buttons for different attacks to, uh, do a combination on enemies and it, it, it's 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 the uh 2d 2.5 hd yeah. graphics it's the and new game by uh, pixelated milk um they're yeah. best known for warsaw and regalia yes. of men and monarchs um uh, also one of the things that they're really touting is the music which is by motoy sakuruba yeah he's he's doing two projects this year um See, uh, no, it was he started. No, it was uh, it was I Union Chronicle is, and and this game he's been working on. So that yeah, well, this game sort of ha- uh, it doesn't have the same art style as uh, Iudin, but it right, has no. the same kind of graphics. Yes, it has the uh, 2.5 HD graphics, and they do a really good job with lighting, the moving yeah. from yep, the lighting and moving from foreground and background, uh, all the pixel work. And it's uh, been fun so far. I, you know, explored the the city, and then we went into. Uh, they have the virtual world called the Erebus, where uh, you get to just, uh, I, like it's like it's like a holodeck basically. Um, so I guess you know, living underground, you need some sort of form of entertainment. Um, and you go in there and you fight and. Uh, monsters. Well, there's the it has a combination of real time and turn based. How is that working? Is it like Aiden, or is it something different? It's different. Uh, like you so said, you can move around, and then when you start an action, it uh, pauses and lets you do all the combinations you want without interrupting you. So you can do whatever attacks you want until you run out of your uh, ability points, and then you have to charge them up. And you charge them up during the battle while running around. You have, uh, If you block, it uses up the ability points, and then you can charge using ability points, but that makes the monsters around faster and they might you know hit you yeah i mean the only thing it says has a planned release date for this year and whenever that is but um um have you heard of this game uh, tj sacrifier yeah uh, okay i'm not playing any demos of it just because i want to see how it shapes up but uh that game reminds me a little bit of things i liked about xenogears the the combat system looks pretty fun in the uh, art style, like the mix of 2D sprites with 3D spaces. <coughs> Pardon. It, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've found that game to be. You know, um, <clears throat> I got an update from Night Dive Studios, and they said that there's going to be a demo 
a playable demo for uh, play, I'm sorry, playable de- beta for System Shock soon. So we'll see. I mean that that's been that game's been a long time coming. It's like going to be what their third or fourth major demo for that game? No, not uh, not a demo. The entire beta of the entire game. So ah, uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Is that like like early access, but like still basically, game? yeah, basically, yeah, for 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 us Kickstarter backers. Hey, a lot of people are salty about it in the Kickstarter though because it's been so many years. It's uh, I think the Kickstarter was in 2015, so and uh, they screwed up the development of that game too. Remember what uh, a couple of years ago when they decided they were going to scrap VR for that game? Mm-hmm. They had to start over. It's like. Wow. But, um, yeah, Night Dive has some other news and we're, we're going to discuss it later. Um, yeah. Um, as far as what I've been playing, do you mind if I... Go ahead. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Okay. Well, a lot of people so, have been awaiting that game. Yes. And it was a game I did refer to you. I have an interesting history with with the Xeno series. I Xeno Gears is maybe one of my favorite games of all time. Yes, uh, you mentioned it's, this. It's uh, <laughs> the use of martial arts in that game, and the and the combat, and the mecha, the the mecha giant robots that you get into to fight enemies. It's all very cool to me, and. Uh, and that's not all. It's not, that's not even including all the uh, interesting, like biblical story in the na- narrative, and the way they used that uh, those elements. I don't like Xenosaga. I think those games suck. I gave them several chances, and I could never make them just catch me the way that Xeno Gears did. And so I it turned me off to the idea of starting Xenoblade right from the get go. But uh. But people love these games, and I decided to give Xenoblade Chronicles 3 a chance because you don't need to play the other two to understand what's happening here. It's good. It's really good. Um, I I really appreciate what it's got going on as far as, like, everything. The story is very, very heavy. You basically have these kids that are genetically created to fight wars for... <laughs> for a, like a Gee, does that sound like a certain JRPG that you played recently? Which one? Oh, the one with with uh, animal children. Remember? Fugu. Oh, Fuga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> these kids are are genetically engineered to fight a war for for their respective nations, and uh, they are given like an artificial lifespan of ten years. After which, if they live, if they survive that ten years, then they can willingly give up their lives and and give their spirit energy back to their uh, to these giant machines that are basically serve as their colonies. Um, but are you shoving and, them into guns and firing them out of your cannon? <laughs> um, well, eventually you discover this power called Uroboros that allows them to, like, they can. Two of them can. F- fuse into one giant figure and become like much stronger and they gain the ability to like have job like have uh character classes and you can switch the classes and collect classes as you go through the game and and level them up and make them stronger and i like the way that like 
you you can control you have a party of six at any given time. You can control any one character, and the others will be controlled by AI. But you have to like navigate around enemies, and you actually have to do like side or back attacks with certain skills, and that like stuns enemies. And landing those attacks at the right time, and and keeping enemies like basically locked down and stunned out as long as possible is a big part of the game, which I really enjoy. Um, it's been a long time coming for a lot of people, and uh, I hear basically this is the end of an era for Xenoblade. And if this is the end of the era that they're sending it off on, they did a pretty good job of it. Because I'll admit that after as long as I've been like kind of sour on the Xeno series, and as much as I would still like Squaresoft to do a 2D HD remake of uh, Xeno Gears, this was a pretty dang good game. What's funny is that, you know all these Xeno games start uh, end with uh, well. There are things it goes three games, you know, Xenogears, then uh, Creed and Myth, Xenogears Episode One, Two, Xenosaga Episode One and Episode two, Episode Three. Uh, then you have Xenogears Bay Chronicles, although it's actually four games because uh, one of them is Xenogears Bay Chronicles X, which I don't mm. understand why they did that, but you know, but it's like uh, everything with a three means that you know, up oh, time to move on. Yeah, and like from the sounds of it, the director wants to make Xenoblade chronicles 4 but he's just gonna make it like a new era for the series okay <laughs> it's pretty neat though like if you like a good if you want a good and long jrpg this one's about 150 hours long to complete everything i think it's about a it's like 70 to 100 hours to to get the main story done okay Anyways, we're going to move on to move, move on to quick news. Um, first, the crypto firm that promised security loses $200 billion in a frenzied fee-for-all hack. Uh, the, the firm is Nomad, and like I said, you know, this this comes as a surprise to nobody because you might as well just be throwing your money away when you do crypto, period, end of story. Yeah, I mean, it's still a wild west, and there's not nearly enough re- regulation to keep uh, bad but stuff. But they don't want regulation, damn it. It's because it's freedom, baby. No regulation. Yeah, well, freedom means freedom for bad actors to scam you out of your life, everything yeah. that you have, and, <laughs> and leave you destitute. Especially when um, it's Elon Musk doing two pump and dumps to make money. Yeah, he uh he really like pumped up a uh, crypto like uh Bitcoin and Dogecoin and yeah. then kind of left them to take and a And then he sold. Dive. Yeah, I mean, it was a pump and dump, which is extremely illegal in, in stocks. But since there's no regulation, there's no SEC, guess what? He can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um don't expect Mortal Kombat 12 to make an appearance at Evo. Ed Boone says don't get your hopes up. Uh you're going to be at Evo. Um so is this a disappointment or is it just like, okay, yeah? I don't think I would have expected a Mortal Kombat game anyways. I would have more expected something like Injustice 3. And I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm I okay with not having more, uh, more uh, Mortal Kombat for a second just because, like, we just had Mortal Kombat 11. I wouldn't I – want, I want to see uh, – I want to see more DC or more Marvel fighting games. So you're going to be at Eth, uh, Evo. Um, what's what's the big thing there right now? Um, 
Well, one of the biggest things is uh, is multiverses, which is going to have one of its first major competitions since it launched. Uh, it's going to have a one hundred thousand dollar prize pool doubles tournament, which means two competitors fighting two competitors. And uh, this is the first major major fighting tournament that multiverses has had. And it's going to be very interesting, in my opinion, to see which characters end up shaping the meta when uh, when pros get to the top eight of that series. Okay. Um, and finally, we were talking about Night Dive. Um, apparently, they're working on uh, they they are hinting around that they're going to be working on uh, Dark Forces uh, remaster. For those who don't know, Dark Forces was the first uh, Star Wars uh, FPS. And it was incredibly technically great because it had complete mouse look as a default. And a lot of the stuff that we take for granted now with FPSs, they did first. Which one was – hold on. Dark Forces. Uh, and, yeah. then, and then you had Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, which became Jedi Knight 3, and it became its own thing. But Dark Forces was the first. I was talking about this recently. I would love to. I would love to see a remake of this game. Everybody misses Kyle Katarn. I thought it was a. I thought it was a really cool story. Not just like the fact that it was a first-person Star Wars shooter in the in the vein of like Doom, but it's also it was also like they had the uh, Dark Troopers, and yeah. uh, I think this was one of the only things where the Dark Troopers appear. Which are which are basically stormtroopers, but in giant robot suits. Also, um, this was the first one to depict uh, someone stealing the plans for the Death Star long before Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, but you were the person stealing the uh, Death Star plans. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very interesting game. I liked the sp- I really liked the places they went with it. I the the uh, when I when this game came out, I was real little. So uh, 1995, the sewer level. Where you actually deal with that one creature with the eye stock that comes out of the sewage that creeped me the hell out. <laughs> I I hadn't actually seen New Hope by the time I played that game, so I wasn't ready for it, and I had no idea what it was, and it just ugh. yeah. Anyways, um, we're gonna move on to game news. Uh, go ahead, TJ. Alrighty. Indonesia has blo- has blocked Steam, Epic Epic Games, PayPal, and more. From PC Gamer, the Indonesian government has blocked popular gaming sites and web services after they did not register for a new set of licensing rules. The organization responsible for the block, a government communication ministry known locally as Kominfo, has attracted widespread criticism on Indonesian social media following the enforcement with Blocker Cominfo, Block Cominfo, uh, trending. Websites and services blocked by, include Steam, Epic Games, Battle.net, Ubisoft, Origin, Nintendo, Yahoo, and PayPal. PayPal has since been temporarily unblocked to allow Indonesians a five-day window to withdraw their money. In an update, Valve has now registered with the Indonesian government as well. The new rules, first announced in November 2020, give Indonesian authorities the power to compel platforms to to disclose certain user data and take down content deemed unlawful or that disturbs public order within as few as four hours. 
Earlier this month, Indonesia had urged tech companies to sign on to these new licensing rules before a July 20th deadline. Some companies, including Amazon, Facebook, and Google, speedily met the deadline. Others clearly did not. It's not clear in any case if moral obligation or moral objection or simple ignorance has caused this situation. Indonesian gamers are understandably upset, as are freelance creatives reliant on PayPal for international commissions. Social media is rife with accusations that the new rules and this lack of foreign companies complying will irreparably damage the Indonesian creative and, and gaming industries. Indonesia is the largest country in the Southeast Asian region, uh, with nearly 40% of the population at 274 million, and as such forms a considerable portion of the the region's gaming market. Reuters reports that the country has an estimated 191 million Internet users. Yeah, I would be a little bit salty if people could just, oh, I want to look at your private data. Thank you. That just uh, doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really. It, it's chilling to me. Yeah, um, and like, I would guarantee you that if Nintendo Nintendo's read these rules, they would probably be like, "Yeah, um, fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see because um, it's. Here, see, the entire thing is that a lot of the internet is based on Western mores, right? And the thing is that um, a lot of these countries don't like Western ways of dealing with things. They don't like freedom. They want to be able to control it. So either they create their own internet, which I think China's trying to do, or they have to deal with it, you know? And I don't know what the recourse is for, for people in Indonesia right now. If they're going to insist on, you know, being able, people, uh, the companies being able to access your data anytime they want, or the government being able to access your data anytime they want. Yeah, it is creepy to say the least. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Sony doesn't sound thrilled. Microsoft is buying Call of Duty Maker Activision from Eurogamer. <laughs> a Brazilian government filing has given us a rare glimpse into Sony's thoughts on the impending $69 billion Microsoft buyout of Activision Blizzard, uh, specifically that the company, uh, the Xbox, will soon own the blockbuster first-person shooter franchise Call of Duty. By the way, uh, all signs are that this is going to go through, so it's going to happen. There's not going to be any blockage of it. Um in Brazil, companies with the same sphere of any corporate transaction are asked for their thoughts on the deal of this magnitude. And intriguingly for us, Brazil also posts all these details online, albeit in some cases with redacted passages. That's just bizarre to me. You know, like if, um, I don't know, uh, let's see, like if, uh, um, um, uh, like Kellogg's, you know, is Quaker Oats is going to buy a company, then you have all these other cereal companies talking about how it what they think about it. It's just weird. Uh, Sony argues that the Call of Duty is a franchise with no rival, and entries into the Call of Duty franchise tend to be long-running franchises with big budgets, multi-year development cycles, and fanatical followings, and despite large budgets and resources, no other developer has managed to create a franchise to rival Activision's Call of Duty, which stands out as a gaming category in its own right. Really? Okay. 
Uh, Sony describes Call of Duty as quote unquote an essential game, a blockbuster, a triple uh, A like game that has no rival. And quotes a 2019 study that found Call of Duty to be the only video game property that has broken into the top 10 most lucrative entertainment franchises globally, along powerhouses like Star Wars, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that that's kind of did. Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> More intriguingly, Sony suggests that Call of Duty is quote unquote so popular that it influences users' choice of console. And its network of loyal users so ingrained that if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it wouldn't be able to rival it. Um, yeah, this is a fascinating argument for Sony to be making since Sony itself partnered with Call of Duty for exclusivity and perks in early access. And I wonder what EA has to think since they have Battlefield, you know. <laughs> That's actually kind of what I was going to mention, uh, Battlefield, because I remember there was a meme that someone showed where, like, there was four first person shooter games and it was like one was Battlefield, Call of Duty uh, I forget what the other two were I guess Rainbow Six and something else and they were like they they all looked very similar exactly alike and I don't know first person shooter games aren't really that uh, I, I they don't they, they don't differentiate themselves all that much to me and they just I you know I, I didn't I don't know. This doesn't seem that interesting or big, but I guess there is a following. And Does Sony complain about Nintendo making Mario games? Since those are in the top ten every year, and Pokemon is one of the biggest proper, uh, yep. grossing properties in the universe, is Sony upset that Nintendo has sole thing of, 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 of Pokemon and Mario? I think, I guess Sony is uh, losing its exclusive on this and call of duty would be available on obviously xbox and pc if it isn't already i don't know i don't think i think they still have an agreement through 2023 or 2024 uh, i'm not sure i know that they've actually uh delayed uh call of duty uh this year it'll still be this year but they delayed it it's just weird it's like <laughs> sony you, are you saying that god of war doesn't influence people to buy a playstation really that's that's Call of Duty is 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 going to be someone's is, is not so I mean I'm making a straw man argument there but uh, I don't I don't think about which platform has the best Call of Duty before I pick which one it's on. DJ. Yeah, I uh, I have never felt like. Activision, or I mean Microsoft owning that much IP under the Activision banner. Like, Activision is a shell of what it once was. It's a zombie company at this point. Like, the biggest thing that they have in their pocket is a ton of IP that I'm conflicted because I would love to see someone do stuff with the things that Activision has. There are a lot of cool brands in there uh, under their banner that they just kind of left to languish. I know you're thinking of Tony Hawk right now. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All those Sierra games. All those Sierra games, man. I would love to like. <clears throat> I would love for them to like. Like the Odd Gentleman did such a good job on the on the newer remake of of King's Quest. I would love for them to make more games with uh with Microsoft. What's interesting, though, is that Microsoft hasn't been really – it'll be interesting to see uh, if Microsoft actually goes exclusive with Call of Duty. For one thing, it's on PC, and 
everybody owns a PC, and you know Microsoft releasing all its shit on PC. It's Halo on PC, everything else on PC, and also there's a lot of products going multi-platform. I mean, look at uh, the new Minecraft game that's coming out. Um, you know, that's basically. Uh, um, oh, damn, what's the name of that game again? Everybody compares it. Yeah, they compl- they compare it to another game, and I'm trying to remember what it is. Not Tunic. Uh, something with five letters. Uh, the Dragon Quest Builder? No, 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 no. <sighs> See, is it like making... another adventure game, or...? It's uh, another open-world game. A five-letter open-world game. Hmm. Yeah, um... Uh, damn it. I think it's also a free-to-play game, too. I'm trying to remember what it is. Genshin Impact? No, 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 no. One thing that's not five letters. It's not. I almost said COVID. <laughs> it's um. Damn it. Uh, my brain is is frozen on this. I'm trying to remember what the hell it is again, and I'm trying to remember what it is because people were talking about how it looks so similar to that game and acts so similar to that game. And but here's but the thing: it's going to be multi-platform. It's going to be on every platform. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. In any case, it sounds like uh, PlayStation going to be salty about this, but they have a, I guess in a way they, it's not like they were, it's not like they were about to dump uh, $70 billion on a, on a buying, (laughs) buying out Activision Blizzard. Which is why they only spent like five billion dollars. Oh right, Trove, Bungie, Trove. That's the game that that people it reminds people of. Ah. But I know um, I'm eager to try it, and I know that Scott, you're eager to try it because it's everything you thought that uh, yeah Minecraft Story Mode was going to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely the being able to build and create your own world as you're fighting uh, enemies was definitely something I was looking forward to. And the other thing is it's going to be cross-play, so which is good. It's always nice to have cross-platform play. Always. I haven't, I've only seen Trove. I haven't really played it, but it looks very similar to what Minecraft Legends is going to be. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean... Or maybe, like... Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it also reminds me of what Fortnite was going to be. You know, Fortnite saved the world. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, uh, I don't know. It will, it, it is going to be very, very interesting to see what Microsoft moves to do once this deal is settled, because that's kind of like, as you said, the, the deal is pretty much in its final stages at this point. There's really very little that could keep it from going through. I, uh, I want to see what Microsoft's first plays are after everything is settled and uh, everything is done. Well, first things first, dump everything onto Game Pass. <laughs> and uh, if and dump Bobby Kotick in a dumpster and shove it down a hill. <laughs> they're buying him out, so by definition, they're dumping him. Um, the other thing is that, what do you think of the rumors that Sony w- will buy Square Enix? That they would buy Square Enix? I don't know, because... Square I don't think Enix, they can afford it. 
Square Enix is pretty is pretty happy right now with just running the Final Fantasy franchise and and, and Dragon's Quest. Yeah, and and no one's driving the company into the ground with with uh, sexual harassment claims. Also, they're about to get into NFTs, Jonah. Oh dear God. Well that <laughs> that well that will make them very purchasable about in like two years. Yeah, they well no they they started already with uh they have some Final Fantasy little like uh, figures that they're selling which also give you a digital code to an NFT. Uh, not sure how that's gonna work, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, my Nickelodeon's getting into NFTs too, which is depressing as hell. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not like it's other people's money to waste on their dumb ideas. I'm not going to tell them how to spend their money. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still thinking about Starfield, and that's all I, I care about right now. I am fully Starfield uh, uh, locked in. Because that's what I want. That's my jam right now. If I can't have Star Citizen, I want Starfield. <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter, Kickstarters are the ultimate NFTs. Buying a stake into something that's not may, true. may not ever. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, we're, you know, Iudian Chronicles, Sea of Stars, and Sacrifice are all coming out. Yeah, yeah but like... Here's the thing. True. But people... One that... Okay. <sighs> People are playing Star Citizen, just so you know. It's just not release 1.0. And they're doing something that's incredibly uh, um, ambitious. They're doing um, what a lot of people wish that that MMOs would do, and that is constant um, updates on the server. Everything's going to be on one server. Everybody's going to be on one server, and everything's going to be persistent. They are. T- that's I think where all the development is going right now. They are all in on that, and it'll be interesting to see if they could pull that off. Yeah, there's a with everything that's going on next year. It's going to be a very very interesting spring. Oh dear. Well, yeah, because a lot of delayed stuff from from COVID, and there's a lot of stuff that was. No, <sighs> uh, here's the thing. I'm, I'm just – it just makes me sad just to think about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 because that was the game I was really looking forward to, and who knows if it's ever coming out now. I mean, we know that Elder Scrolls 6 will come out someday, but Bloodlines 2, who knows? Yeah. That game might as well be Vaporware at some point, and that's a real shame because, like, they're they're dedicated to making it happen. That's that is a skull and bone. That is that is basically uh, who is the publishing company? That's uh that's that's um, it's not Paradox Interactive, is it? It is Paradox. Oh yes, it is Paradox because they bought the World of Darkness. That is that is going to be Paradox Interactive skull and bones. <laughs> oh dear. You know what I would like to see is I would just like to see a uh, a remaster of the first game. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. I don't even care about Bloodlines 2. I want to see a remaster of Bloodlines. As, as everybody knows, Bloodlines is janky as hell, even now, even after all the fan patches. I would like to see a smooth, modern version of, of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Pardon. 
I mean, they're doing the remaster, the remaster of Knights of the Old Republic, so. Well, maybe. It sounds like uh, the game got put on hold for a while. Yeah, but they still announced it. At least that. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's just, you know, it's just frustrating, some of the games. Because trying to play Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines on Steam is like trying to, I don't know, it's just difficult. It's just too many vaporware. Anyways, getting back to Sony and, and Call of Duty. <sighs> Basically, um, this is Microsoft trying to get Sony to put Xbox Game Pass on the PlayStation. That's basically it. And uh, now that they have it on smart TVs, you know, they may say, well, you know, you, know what? you want a Sony smart TV? Just, just get a subscription for Xbox Game Pass and play Call of Duty on that. Well, we'll see. They finally launched their uh, they finally launched their thing, which is like their Game Pass, but it's I don't think it's nearly as good. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. Um, if Sony wants to make their their PlayStation Plus any good, you have to have day one first party on all on all first party games day one. Then people will care. Yeah, I would agree with that. Otherwise, you know, oh, you know, I'm just going to wait for a BMPC then, you know, like God of War. So, oh, yeah, um, you should. Uh, are you going to be picking up uh, Spider-Man on PC? I don't think I will. I will. Um, I played the game for a little bit, and it, and it played a little bit too much like Batman to me for my liking. Yeah. I, I like the traversal through the city. I think they did a really good job with that part. But the fighting just bores me. Well, the thing is, it's going to be gorgeous on PC. It's, oh, yeah. It's a beautiful game. There's no argument on that. But I think uh, it's just it's just too close to that same formula that uh, Arkham Knight, like the Arkham games, uses. And I, I don't think it works as well for Spider-Man. Did you see where PlayStation is going? Uh, Sony's going to be in, uh, uh, increasing the price of PlayStations. Uh, prices is increasing on a lot of hardware this coming. Yeah, year, I mean throughout the, the end of this year, the Oculus Quest Two is going up a hundred dollars, if I remember correctly, or Meta Quest, whatever. Um, and a part of that is also the the yen isn't very strong right now. Yeah. Um, but they're also increasing the price of uh, the PlayStation Plus subscription mm-hmm. from 18 bucks to 25 bucks. So I don't know. <sighs> Sony, <sighs> I, I don't know. It's like um, it's like what Microsoft did with after the Xbox 360. Microsoft was riding high and they fucked it all up with the Xbox One, and Sony was riding high with the PlayStation Four and they fucked it all up with the PlayStation Five. Yeah, but I don't know. Like it's it's you still be, like the controller. I know <laughs> <laughs> it is a good controller. It is actually the the PS5 gamepad. It's weak as hell and breaks very easily. Really? And I know and I know this from a little bit of personal experience. <laughs> well, oh yeah, well you're the fighting game guy, so of course you'd know. <laughs> but the uh, it is not made of very durable stuff. 
uh it takes very little it takes very little to uh there's there's this there's this this strip of plastic that goes along the bottom inside of the controller and goes up along the uh the the uh circle the joy pads and up to the touchpad and that thing is absurdly easy to bend and pop off really yes the rest of the controller handles pretty dang well but that piece of plastic is so flimsy i can't understand why like they didn't use anything to fasten it on better it's it it like it's like basically clipped in but just barely to the bottom of the controller and it just it's it's real flimsy in my opinion does sony have their version of the elite controller they don't okay they just have different colors i mean that's what they should do i mean for for gamers who are really serious about it let them pay a hundred extra dollars for a for a ps5 elite controller I agree. I would probably buy into that if they did it. Yeah. Unless, of course, Hori does it. Um, so I don't know. But do they have a uh, – is there uh, – do they have a, um, a a patent on it? Like you can't make your version of the PS5 controller or um, – Yes, they do have a patent on all of this stuff. Oh, that's too bad. They even have a patent. They even have a patent on uh, the little plates that uh, go on the side of the PlayStation, which was like a big deal when it came out because other everybody wanted to make custom plates for the PS5, and Sony's lawyers said no. <laughs> yes, we covered that two years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like I said, if Sony were smart, they would make an elite version of their controller. I agree. I would like something more durable. Yeah, like something sturdy, and although I will say my Elite controller wasn't as sturdy as it should have been, but then again, I did buy one that was refurbished, so. But I'm perfectly fine with the basic Xbox uh, Series controllers. They're fine. They're fine. I I just don't want drift, and I don't want, um you know, sticking. That's the only thing I don't want. I agree. And I haven't had any issues with stick drift on the PS5, thankfully. But I know a lot of folks who have, and especially like when it comes to games like Destiny 2, it uh, it it's not the best controller it could be, in my opinion. They've done so much better with some with like PS. I think PS4 was a good controller. Um, I think uh, you couldn't go wrong with. I think the PS3 controller was way too small, but I think the PS2 and the PS4 controller is really good. Uh, Scott, did you want to talk about the um, the knockoff uh, uh, Switch? I mean, not Switch. <laughs> the knockoff Steam Deck that that's uh, being made in China. Yeah, here at <clears throat> uh, Tencent is going to be developing a, a Steam Deck com- competitor that I think is using Epic games or at least just you know windows or some some other platform um i don't know how much it's gonna go very well because i uh, you know i always hear that you know tencent's very controversial if people are not wanting to trust that company very much so i don't know if this is gonna end very well i know i, I i'm not i'm not really into the steam deck in the first place 
I wanted to go ahead. So tens. Oh, I know what you guys are talking about. Okay, yeah, this is the one that they're making in in collaboration with Logitech. Yes. Uh, that's a it's a real conflicting situation because I agree I'm not fond of Tencent. It's they I mean they're a juggernaut for one and they uh, a, a huge part of their business a huge part of their business is scraping user data to serve up targeted ads because they do a lot of mobile and free to play games. But. I love Logitech. I love their peripherals. I use them all the time. Same, <laughs> same here. And I know that they would make a good product with the with with the ideas that are being put forth here. I don't know. I'm gonna wait and see what we what we get to see out of this because they said they they teased that they're going to try to launch whatever this thing is before the end of 2022. Wow. I guess they've been developing it for a while then. Right? Like, it was a surprise to see that. But, like, they believe that they can get this into the market before 2022 ends. But here's the thing. The Steam Deck is a flawed concept. You, get, you can't make a PC console. Basically, that's it. Why would you make a PC console? People specifically play PC games because they have a keyboard and mouse. And removing it, you know, just say, oh, we can do everything on the key. No, you can't. No, you can't. I tried playing RimWorld on on the Xbox. It sucks. The uh, the twist on this one is that they're actively working with uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming and NVIDIA uh, GeForce Now to make sure that those things will run on this device from day one. Yeah, but if you're gonna make if you're gonna make something that plays PC games, who cares? Who gives a shit? There are certain PC games you can play with a with a with a gamepad. Yeah, but PC gamers, uh, what are you going to do? Play Civilization VI with your gamepad? No. Being able to access X- Xbox Cloud Gaming and buy that's different though. That's game different. From, that's different from a handheld device is an appealing prospect. Well, that's what I do with my 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 cell phone. <laughs> I know, but like a but like a device that's built specifically for that purpose. You mean like the Razer thing that goes around the uh, that attaches to my cell phone, so it becomes a controller unto itself. I'm not a fan of the Kishi. I've seen it. I'm. I've used. I've tried it a couple times. I'm not a super fan. I just play um, turn-based games with it. I can't. I, I don't like doing uh, action games with it. But with turn-based games like Slay the Spire, it's perfect. I also have the um, the the, uh, the thing that allows you that just docks onto your controller and you just put your uh, on your regular controller, Xbox controller, and you just play it through your Xbox controller for the action games. Yeah. But this is going to be one of those things where I want I want to see the form factor that they go with because I have a lot of problems with the way that the uh, Steam Deck is. The Steam Deck is too heavy for one, and the thumbsticks are in weird locations on it. <laughs> um, I like. Oh, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say the power cable that plugs in on the top instead of the bottom. Yeah, I hate that. Um, but Logitech has a good track record of making good peripherals and hardware. So, like, I at least want to see what kind of form factor they put into this thing. We'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I don't. I I have no no interest in a in a PC. I am gonna get a a, a gaming laptop 
And by a gaming laptop, I mean one that costs $3,000 at some point because I'm tired of lugging around my, my uh, desktop. So I want a nice, rugged, hot, top-notch gaming, uh, gaming laptop. Since I already have ex- excellent credit, you know, I just pay $200 a month for it. Yeah. And I have a good laptop, too, so I'm not in a rush to buy any, like, alternatives. But I do think that there is a market to serve up a platform that would be fun to play with and can, like, reliably access things like GeForce Now and Xbox Cloud Gaming from day one. Mm. I think that we've had devices that could be set up to do that. Like, the Steam Deck can be set up to access Xbox Cloud Gaming. But you have to do some workarounds because of the way that the Steam Deck is and how finicky it is. Yeah. Like I said, PC gaming, I'll I'll just play it on a PC or on a laptop. I don't need a controller-only version of it. It's just... It's like they see the console money, but the problem is that people play a console for, for, for a reason, you know? People, I have a PC and a gaming and a gaming and a, a console. I play my PC games on my PC and my console games on my console. You know, mm-hmm. even if they're the same game, like Slay the Spire or Fallout 4, you know that sort of thing, or Power Wash. I still have different uses for each thing. If I want to, games that I feel comfortable with, the keyboard and mouse, I'm going to play on my PC. Games that I, you know, other games I'm just going to. Where I don't want to have to worry about system specs, I'll play on my Xbox Series X. Although I will say my uh, current PC can run any, anything, so you know that's not a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you people think? Are you, are you interested in the Steam Deck? Let us know. <laughs> the the Logitech. Deck. There it is. Pay the Logitech. <laughs> the Logitech. Deck. Pay me for that. Pay me for that Logitech. Pay me for that ten cent. Give me that ten cent money. <laughs> mm. Anyways, look for our show notes at Gaming Podcast along with industry news and our Gaming History articles. We enjoy your feedback. Send us comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash Gaming Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Shard Moore. And we hope to have better news for you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.